Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Beat Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Pidemi Ologunde. In this episode, I'll be answering listeners' questions about what working in cybersecurity entails in terms of daily job functions, stress levels, hours, and pay. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So the first question I have here is, what does an entry-level cybersecurity analyst do daily? So entry-level cybersecurity analysts, usually they are the level one and level two roles. They are the first line of defense within any organization. So they basically monitor all kinds of things in the network, such as firewalls for brute force attempts, and they monitor the network itself for unauthorized network changes. They also perform vulnerability scanning and reporting. They monitor monitor configuration changes. They watch for things like fraudulent activities and phishing email campaigns on email servers. In addition, entry-level analysts handle identity and access management for all kinds of enterprise applications. Um, Finally, they check for data leakages. For instance, if someone is trying to send sensitive work documents to their personal email accounts for whatever reason. So entry-level analysts most commonly spend the bulk of their day-to-day activities on the Security Information and Event Management Tool, also known as the SIEM, S-I-E-M. All their activities usually end up in tickets, which primarily serve as documentation tools. In companies that don't have the traditional security operation centers, also known as SOC, S-O-C-E, entry-level analysts do stuff like basic hardware forensics, they research the tools, that are used by different teams across the organization, and they find ways to automate some of the more mundane tasks that are done daily. So long story short, entry level analysts are the eyes and ears of the information security organization within the larger organization, and they typically operate on a 24-7 basis. And as they move up in rank, um, their roles change significantly. So upper-level analysts do stuff like penetration testing, they fix and apply security patches, and they provide cyber threat intelligence, which is what I do. They usually serve as the first responders in the case of a potential security incident. So those are the incident response teams. They also write code to create patches from identified vulnerabilities and exploits. So that's the vulnerability management team. They build, implement, deploy, and customize the security solutions for the entire organization, assuming the organization doesn't contract that function out to third-party security vendors. In addition, upper-level analysts also suggest the levels of security for various network zones within the organization. Finally, they get to decide the threshold levels for the different monitoring systems, which is a fancy way of describing alert tuning. So the much higher level analysts, so the ones that are even higher than the upper level analysts, they occupy the roles of advisors to people like the CISO, the chief information security officer, or the chief information officer. As a result, these higher level analysts are often involved in the mid to top level decision making processes that affect the entire company's security operations. So I hope I've been able to answer this um, question well, what does an entry-level cybersecurity analyst do? Then I talked about the upper-level analyst and even the much upper-level analyst, who are basically the advisors to the CISO and so on. So the next question I have here is, 
what is it like to work in cybersecurity in terms of stress levels, hours, and pay? So I always like to use an analogy that cybersecurity is very much like working in the healthcare field. For example, the stress levels associated with a neurosurgeon's job are different from those associated with a dermatologist's job. Um, they both work in the healthcare field. In other words, some cybersecurity roles are stressful, while some are not so stressful. In my own experience, stress levels typically depend on the size of the organization you work for. So if you work for a relatively small startup, then your daily job functions will most likely look checkboxy. So like you're ticking a checkbox. So most likely you were only hired so that they could tick a checkbox, not necessarily have information on security. If you fill an information security void in that startup, then that's, that's great. Still, it's most likely more of an assurance to their investors or early customers like, hey, look, we have a cybersecurity guy or girl or team. So just to keep their investors happy. On the other hand, working in a large organization comes with challenges where groups are highly siloed. No one necessarily wants to share with you what they know or how they know what they know. And there is usually not a significant opportunity to learn outside of your area of expertise. So invariably, at a large organization, you find yourself relegated to performing routine tasks rather than thinking creatively outside the box to protect your organization. So this happened to me at one of the organizations I worked for. And out of respect to that organization, to the team and the leadership, I won't mention the name of that organization. However, I was basically doing routine tasks and I'm the kind of person that I like to challenge myself. And of course, I started challenging myself, learning one or two things outside of my normal day-to-day -day job. And this began to show results. And a few people in my leadership um, vertical noticed and then decided to pay attention to these new skills I was developing and I was using it to, to good effect. And the time came for me to increase my role officially, which I did for a period of time. Nothing was happening. There was no movement, basically. And then I left. I left the organization, basically. So I'm not saying this to convince anyone that you should leave if no one is paying attention to the skills you're developing. No, of course, every case, every situation is different. It's just that you are the person who understands what you're going through, what you're seeing, what you're not seeing. And throughout that process, I'm happy to be able to say I, I was able to communicate effectively and everybody knew that the communication was happening. Um, but then it's just that even with the communication and the openness and putting everything on the table, still nothing was happening. So to me, it just felt like it was time to leave. And in that kind of scenario, my advice for anyone who is in that situation would be, the, the writing on the wall may not be legible or obvious simply because you are paying attention to the wrong wall. So I guess that, that's all I would say about that. Anyway, so talking about stress levels and cybersecurity organizations, the, the, the most optimal 
stress level is right in the middle um, where um, I guess mid-sized organizations, that's where the real stress is. So for mid-sized organizations, they can be very stressful because you will need to think creatively to meet most challenges since there is usually very little documentation. You would find yourself constantly evaluating the value of one task versus another task. And on top of that, you're also evaluating the efficacy of everything you do. Sometimes you do great work that you are really proud of. Other times you would fail worse than you ever thought you could. And if you're the kind of person who thrives under pressure and strives to exceed expectations, then this is the right kind of environment for you, ironically. Otherwise, I would recommend working at a large company first. And then at the same time, you develop your expertise in a single area of information security, which will then give you the platform that you need to mature into a generalist in a more high-stress, mid-sized environment. And the important thing to always keep in mind when working in cybersecurity is your effect on the average user of any technology, product, or service. So the users won't know what your role is in making that particular product or service safe and secure for them. Still, your job functions every day to protect their privacy and identities makes a difference. So even if your own friends and family don't fully understand what you do, which is usually the case, you will feel good about it. And in terms of pay in a cybersecurity role, it varies like in any other field. As you move up to higher roles, it becomes financially rewarding, again, like in any other field. And generally, there's a significant talent gap in the cybersecurity industry. You've probably heard that before um, in some form form or the other. And this trend is likely to continue for a while as artificial intelligence and cloud technology develops faster than people can keep up with their required certifications. Um, finally, in terms of working hours. So within a cybersecurity role, you can have a typical 40-hour week, you can have a 60-hour week, or even an 80-hour week, just like any other field. So it basically depends on what you want to do and how ambitious you are. One more thing to note in cybersecurity is that there's always stuff to do, which is why most teams operate 24-7. So even beyond normal job functions, it's a field that is very dynamic. So you'd find yourself needing to keep up with new information all the time. So that's all I have for this episode of the Beat Picture. The production, editing, fact-checking, audio engineering, and graphic design were done by yours truly, Bidemio Logunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity topics, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can all learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please email bdme at debatepicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, as well as on the Clubhouse app at Beat. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now. <laughs>